The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road Although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning Hamilton, this is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamperin and Phil Golfie. Good Saturday morning. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show. We have a ton of topics that we're going to get to today. We'll talk about power of sale. We'll talk about a unique home in Aurora that a family has not only purchased but is now renovating. And uh, it is a home like no other. Uh, we'll talk about some other funny stories or weird stories that are happening uh, around the world, most notably in the U.S. with some uh, uh, a demo crew destroying a house that they weren't supposed to, uh, a knife booby trap in another home, just some odd things that have uh, some, been happening. Some weird things. Some weird things. Uh, we'll talk about uh, a new study that says Ontario's millennial and first-time homebuyers want detached, semi- and townhomes. I'm not sure if there's much left after that, but those are the hot commodities. Uh, of course, as always, you can go online to robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them anytime, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. They're all over social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The handle is at Rob Golfie. And be sure to download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. Past episodes online at robgolfi.com and 900chml.com. To begin the day, it's the hot story of the day and might be for many more days to come, and that is coronavirus. Have you noticed anything different in your day-to-day business associated with coronavirus, apart from being inundated by the news of coronavirus? It it is starting. um, Nothing to do with uh, real estate, uh, slower sales, nothing like that. But I, I do notice that people now are, are just making that little extra effort, you know, like let's do an elbow, like, hey, you know, nice to meet you. As opposed to the handshake. The handshake and stuff like that. Um, I, it, it's, you know, people are used to doing the handshake. And, and, it, and I think that might be the norm in the future, hmm. uh, possibly, you know, because, I mean, this world is, is you know, people are going from country to country. It's easy. It's, it's a small world now. It's not like it was yeah. – uh, you know, a hundred years ago. So yeah, yeah. With, with travel and uh, and business yeah. travel, uh, there's a lot more interaction between uh, societies and countries. Um, uh, one of the headlines that uh, caught my eye this week has coronavirus killed real estate's handshake deal. <laughs> uh, so obviously, this is a story based out of the U.S. and health officials have recommended replacing the handshakes with a fist or an elbow bump to uh, help contain the spread of the virus. So a couple of comments from some realtors in the uh, in the New York area. One person said, it's always awkward. It's incredibly awkward. I mean, we've been shaking hands for 2,000 years. Another saying, to walk in and not shake a new acquaintance's or client's hand, you feel weird. And another says, I'm still doing deals on handshakes, not elbow bumps. So I, I'm not afraid to do handshake. I'm, I, you know what I mean? Like, And I feel confident that my immune system is strong. Right. 
Um, it's just it depends on who you're sh- shaking hands with. Yeah, that's um, yeah, a case by case basis. Yeah, it's it, it is case by case. Like, but Rick, you, I think you can get this virus just walking in the same room. Uh, yeah, if somebody's with, coughing with somebody and sneezing. It, so yeah. it's not it's not it's not from touching somebody. Right. But I mean, I understand. Like, you're going on an airplane, and there's you know, like how many people have been there? Like, you, you should wipe down the the hands. Yeah, the, the, the armrests and the and the trays and and the headrests and all the everything. You sh- I think there should be a sanitizer. Wipe there for sure. Yeah, the the big concern is you know it's airborne, uh, it's through droplets. You know if if it lands on a surface and you touch the surface, then you touch your face, yeah. whether it's your nose or eyes. Then it, you know it's in your system. Yeah. Here's another interesting um, aspect to this: is that commercial landlords, according to this article, have been stepping up their cleaning efforts to help combat the coronavirus, which is interesting. If you own a commercial real estate property, I guess you're taking extra measures to make sure it's sanitary, it's clean. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what 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 that what they're trying to do. Like, Extra I mean, cleaning. Maybe, yeah, like um, I, I mean, mean, our stores are pretty clean here. Yeah, like I yeah, like I, I'm I'm assuming that uh, I'm not sure if it's commercial landlords. I think it's commercial tenants. Uh, people walking into their store, I'm sure they're probably right. wiping down the hand handles of the store. They probably have extra hand sanitizer, hand, that sanitizers. Kind of stuff. Like you walk in and and walk out because you're 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 handling. You, if you open up a door, yeah, how many? Uh, there could be 500 people open up that same door in, uh, the same day. So, exactly. so you know, it's good to have sanitizers in and outside that. I door. think it's just. Everyone right now needs to take a, a proactive approach, right? Even you know, from from the time that you know, it's a minute by minute basis that we're on, right? Like it's it's every single ten minutes of of the news cycle during the day, it's 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 complete like it's it's being updated, you know. So you know when that when that individual got you know the virus today or or, or in Hamilton this week, it's like within you know within ten minutes it's spread like wildfire, like. Our society is 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 not only so sensitive. We've seen this in in terms of you know people digging up old tweets, and even when it comes to what people say, people are so sensitive. And the way news travels is is people are sensitive to this virus. So it's like, I think it's just you know take a proactive approach. You know, well, don't don't overreact, but but mm-hmm. you, you want to be prepared. You want to take a proactive approach in protecting yourself against it. And I don't know, like you just you just don't know where it's going to go. Like some people yeah. are saying that you know we haven't even scratched the surface of it. It's it's just the beginning, and then other people are saying you know this is completely blown out of proportion. More people die from the flu every single year in comparison right. to the virus, which is fact. and and yeah. and you know so you just you, you hear both sides of of the spectrum yeah. and both sides of the story. It's just it's just you, you don't know, but you know we know people that live in Italy right now and, and, and they're in, you know, complete lockdown. Mm-hmm. There, there are situations where there's only allowed five people in the grocery store at once. So, you know, the lineups outside the grocery store, only five people in at once. Right. Once they enter the store, they got to get completely wiped down. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's serious. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, well, who knows, who knows to what extent that our, you know, society will go like our, 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 you know, will we ever be on full lockdown? Right. Well, if it gets worse, mm-hmm. and like like in 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 nineteen eighteen, the Spanish flu pandemic, uh, deadliest in history, infected an estimated five hundred million people worldwide, right. about one third of the planet's population. That's a lot. Yeah, and and killed an estimated twenty to fifty million people. Uh, victims, including some 675 Americans. So, and so, that was and over two years. Ha- and they didn't take care. They didn't have records back those days. Right. Like they didn't. Like like I know my great grandfather. Uh, like I think two or three of his wives like died of Spanish flu. And mm. back in those days, 
they married because that's, you know, they, they have to take, the man needed a wife to take care of the kids sure. and all that kind of stuff. So, but when you when the Spanish flu was going on around in the early uh, 1900s, that was a pretty that's scary thing. And there and people weren't flying country to country, right. so there wasn't travel like like there like is now. today. So so now, I mean, it spreads much quicker, right? I mean, this started in late 2019. Yeah, we're in early 2020, and it's already spread like wildfire. Yeah, and a big yeah. part of that is because of the transportation system that we have. That's right. Uh, another thing that has spread is the hysteria as well. I mean, people are yeah. buying toilet paper. Yeah, like why for whatever paper? reason, <laughs> like why, like why not water? Like why isn't water a big thing? I don't but know. Toilet paper, like I, I, like is it? I don't. It's get a it. hot commodity. I, I'm investing I, in toilet I, paper. I, I'm buying that. toilet paper because everybody's saying better get toilet paper. <laughs> yes. So I, I don't, don't know. know. I guess the thinking behind that is if you do contract COVID nineteen, you have to go into a, a two week isolation yes. period. So yeah. do you have enough toilet paper to get by in for those two weeks? Two weeks? I, th- I thought I, we have. I mean, don't you have family members or friends who can deliver some toilet yeah. paper if you're in a pinch? Well, I guess we may have to just uh, uh, ration one square one per square person. per one visit to the washroom. That's I don't it. Know. One square. It's, it's, if uh, anybody can spare a square. Yes, it's. Uh, I remember the Seinfeld episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah very, very odd to see. Uh, but you haven't really seen. Is there any worry on the team at all? Because you're visiting with clients, you're going into homes. Not nothing yet. Nothing okay. yet. Um, I think uh, a lot of people maybe it hasn't gotten too serious yet. Mm-hmm. We'll find out in the next week and see how things go. Uh, people it's, that people still want to move. Still, people are still, you know, selling houses uh, for different reasons. Yeah. But, uh, but obviously, you've a, talked about it in the office. Is there any yeah. worries or any concerns? Is, no. I, I think it's more people just sharing different news articles and, yeah. and, and yeah. people, hey, this is what I've heard. This is, you know, what I've done. Um, the water it, cooler talk has returned. Yeah, the audience, that, right? that's, that's what it is. But I mean, it's a topic of conversation every single time we go into a new client's house. Like, yeah. Like, it's, it's, you know, hey, have you, you know, I heard this and. And, you know, I, I, I've been in a situation where people won't want to shake my hand. They'll, you know, they'll do the fist bump or the right. elbow tap or just, you know, say I'm not comfortable with it, which is fine. No problem. But it's it's a lot of people are wondering, you know, we've seen what it's done to our financial market in terms of the stock market. It's, yeah. it's you know, banks that are a five year low, you know, this week. It's, yeah. it's in, and, you know, we're, it's now, gonna, we're now in bear territory. Yeah, it's exactly. And it's like, how, how, how much more is that going to go? And, and then. You know, that will immediately affect our real estate market. There's people that are, are you know, have money in their tax-free savings account or their RSPs or, or investments mm-hmm. accounts that, you know, were planning on purchasing a home this year and withdrawing those funds. Mm-hmm. Now they've taken a, you know, if they've taken a 15 or 20% hit on that, well, guess what? Those people are going to not be buying homes this year. So yeah. it's yeah. going gonna, 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 gonna to shrink the, buy, the buyer pool. It's going to reflect... It's going to reflect the real estate well, market it, where more people will have a sit and wait approach and wait on the sidelines it, to see where the market goes. Yeah. It, it'll be a, it'll be a, t- uh, a two months. Uh, we'll find the the real effect because if people at the airlines are getting laid off, those people aren't paying, buying, going right. to rest, buying things, going to restaurants. The restaurants are going to start laying off. It just it's just a, a trickle effect all the way down the mm-hmm. line. So we'll we'll it'll we'll find out in, a, in thirty to sixty days from now uh, what kind of effect it did on the real estate market. But we know it's already affecting the stock market. But that's just because of nothing to do with nobody's buying anything. That's just because of the hysteria of the media. Yeah. Yeah. The the the, the biggest impact on the markets is uncertainty of a situation. Yeah. And right now, uh, businesses, companies, those buying and trading are very uncertain as to where this is going to go. Um, could we be on the cusp? And we've talked about it before, and we're in this 10-year cycle. Is this the cusp of the recession? Because, you know, this coronavirus might uh, accelerate that kind of you know decision making process in terms of hey people aren't buying and selling or traveling or visiting restaurants right uh, there's right. gonna be some layoffs now it, it, it could be that that could be because if people are getting laid off from their work 
they're not going to be able to pay their mortgage, right. so they have to downsize their rent. So that there's all that. Well, uh, the best news of all is that uh, we'll keep you up to date here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show if real estate is uh, immediately or in the not-too-distant future impacted by coronavirus. So stay tuned for that. And stay tuned for our next topic. Ontario's millennial first-time homebuyers want detached semi- and townhomes, don't we all? That's next here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can find them online at robgolfie.com. Call them at 905-575-7700. On uh, Twitter and Instagram, the handle is at Rob Golfie. Check out the Facebook page as well. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey, if you have a question for the Golfie team or you have a topic idea, send us an email. Questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. And if it is coronavirus related, hey, we'll try our best to answer it. <laughs> uh, Ontario's millennial first-time buyers want detached semi and townhomes. No surprise here. So this is a new study from Ipsos for the Ontario Real Estate Association's first annual buyers and sellers research report. And it says among the 19% of all Ontarians looking to buy a home within the next year, 84% are looking for detached, semi-detached, or townhomes. And this is particularly true with millennials, 83%, and first-time home buyers, 83% as well. And 51% of first-time buyers say they're looking for a detached home. 22% say they're looking for a townhouse. The numbers don't seem to be su- surprising. No, they're getting old. The, the millennials are starting to, you know, they're, they're getting older, they're making money, and they're starting to have uh, families. And uh, so they're... They're looking for that, you know, little backyard and, uh, you know, the condos were great to get them off the ground to get started. Mm-hmm. But now they're looking, they're looking, they're looking for that next step, right? They're, they're, they're in the, the next step right now. Yeah. Like, uh, like, like, like Jeff, my son, he's uh, 31 years old and he's in his uh, second house right now. He's got a baby, mm-hmm. seven, eight months old. And so they've got, so they went from a townhouse to a single family detached. So everybody's so everybody's moving up right now. So and so, Philip Philip's in a condo and you know and if uh he get, meets a girl, he's going to get a uh he's going to move into What's a going on semi. with that, Phil? I mean, let's No, he's I'm playing just the field. <laughs> he's playing the field. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, listen, when it comes to location, uh millennials according to this report are more likely than boomers to be looking at downtown urban cores, uh, upwards of 31% or suburban areas, 35%, with an emphasis placed on affordability, safe and quality neighborhoods and distance from work. By contrast, the majority of Ontario boomer buyers, 58%, looking for a property either in a small town or rural area, and their focus is on finding a home that's affordable, close to amenities, yeah. walkable, and senior friendly. Yeah. So that, two different, obviously, yes, yes. scenarios. And, and a, lot of, a lot of seniors we're finding, they're moving into uh, small communities, like Chatham is one. That, that's a big senior community right. uh, that, that's growing in uh, towards uh, London area there. And uh, uh, Chippewa, Welland. 
a lot of seniors going because it's affordable. Yeah. And, uh, and much slower and, and lifestyle. Slower lifestyle, not as fast paced, and that's and that's what they want. They there's, want. There's a lot of seniors that don't like to drive on the highway. Right. So that that access, accessibility for them is, is so important mm-hmm. where, where, you know, they have a car, but, you know, just to do their their day to day stuff and, and go around the city. But anything on the highway, it, it's from my experience as a lot of seniors say, hey, I'm, I don't do the highway. So in Toronto, know, in Toronto, interesting. yeah, in Toronto, just like regular streets look, feel, feel like a highway like you go on. A, oh, yeah. Like uh, here, Ontario Street, like in in Mississauga. I mean, like, that's like a. A two lane each yep. way. I mean, cars are flying on that road. So, so I think that's where people want to get away from that fast the hustle, pace, and bustle. hustle, bustle. Yeah. yeah, it's so funny because you know millennials have grown up in small living spaces, right? Like, you know, it's it's our generation where the condo living has become so popular, and so because there's just so many of them that every single for my like for me every single time I walk into a house that's like three thousand square feet or you know. It's just it feels so big. Like it, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't fathom living in a house that that it's it's that size. Right. I live I live in a condo. I'm 780 square feet. Wow. And it's you know it's just a, it's a one plus den. And it's you know I don't I don't feel like I need anything else. Like right. I don't feel like I need anything bigger. So when I'm you know helping buyers or or sellers, you know, and I walk into these houses, I'm just overwhelmed with the, with the amount of space that that there is. It's just like you know somebody's got to clean it. Somebody's got to. <laughs> furnish it somebody's got to pay for it the tax like it's just it's just overwhelming and and i don't know i think i think you know in terms of my generation we're not going to want those big houses no like it's we're not we're not you know people aren't going to seek out to to go after them it's just Mm -hmm. it's just not our style of living and it's not what we're used to when we grow up or or you know even when we buy our first home it's you know it's it's just it's just not us rick in five to ten years from now and, and and we'll play this tape back if we can remember is that um, two big two-story homes are going to be hard to sell in five to ten years from now because everybody wants smaller yeah. now, and the boomers are going to be selling these homes, and and it, there's going to be such a, 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 comp- a competition to sell them because there's so many. They're going to be so many for sale, mm-hmm. and and the millennials they don't they don't want those big giant homes. They they want lifestyle. So that's all about supply and demand. That's right. Obviously, there's going to be a lot more supply than there is demand in that regard. So, do you foresee? prices just plummeting because they want to get rid of these houses? Well, pr- prices went up with the bungalows, yeah. right? Bungalows are very expensive and, and because the boomers are buying them. Now, with the two stories, they'll eventually drop. Like right now they're already complaining that they're selling their big 3,000 square foot home for 800,000, $900,000 and they're buying a bungalow for the same for half the size bungalow right. for the same amount of money. So they're they're like they can't believe that. So but that transition is going to change in years to come. They're going to be selling their two story uh let's say for a million dollars, but now they have to buy a bungalow uh for 1.2 million. So they're like it's just it's just because the demand is going to be greater for the one floor plans and 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 that Baby boomers are just driving more mm-hmm. and more. They're just dri- they're driving the p- prices of bungalows up, and now they're going to be selling their two stories, their big two stories, and there's going to be an abundance of them, and they're not going to be as valuable as they used to be. So because you're projecting this in a five to ten year time frame, there's a pretty big gap between five and ten years. Obviously, it's an extra half yeah. a decade. Is your recommendation now for those who are in those two-story, 2,600, 3,000-square-foot homes to say, hey, 
in the next two years, you might want to think about making this move. I'd say within the five years for sure, yeah. because I think the transition, we're already seeing it. So it's almost at an even keel almost to a, with the uh, two-story in the bungalows. Right. And, that, and we're talking bungalows half the size of the two stories they're coming from. So it's, it, it, I think it's going to change within five years. Mm-hmm. And within that five, ten-year mark, you're going to see a major transition. Here's the other predicament, too. And, and, and uh, you know, Philip, you were just mentioning that, you know, you're in a condo, 700 square feet. You're going into these, you know, 2,500, 3,000 square yeah. foot homes showing them. Uh, the reverse is obviously true, too. If you've been living in this 2,500 square foot home, you have a lot of stuff. Right. Now, when you're downsizing, you have to get rid of a lot oh, of stuff. Yeah. It was so funny. So <laughs> my neighbors, so so same thing. They moved from, uh, I think they moved from Oakville. They have a place in, in, in Arizona, and they moved into, um, I think it's like a 900 square foot you know, condo apartment, right? And they came from a 3,400 square foot house. Oh, you know, geez. they, you know, four, uh, I think they had four or, five, four or five kids. And we were talking about it in the hallway and they kind of looked at each other and laughed and they said, well, now we really have to get along. <laughs> because yeah. it's now like, you're you know, you're, limited, right yeah, you're limited, you know, there's only one or two rooms that you can go to yeah, or, yeah. or whatever. So yeah, wow. they had a chuckle about that, they'll, they'll but, but they're, door, they're, they're, they're so, uh, your door. they're, <laughs> Say, yeah. hey, what are you doing? Yeah, they're funny. They, they, they uh they take off for for six months of the year and travel the world and I'm just you know that's an incredible and they're boomers li- yeah they're yeah. yeah and it's just a wicked lifestyle incredible lifestyle to have and and it's almost like you know their condo in Grimsby is just a crash pad it's just you know somewhere to call home right just to come home like, you know what I mean it's just it's just, just like base. yeah it's just yeah it's just their home base it's an in between spot and you know both are tired and place in Arizona and he loves to golf and it's just you hmm. know that's it right you know happy wow. retirement so it's it's pretty cool to see what they do and they check up on me they're always calling me in and, and making sure you know if, you know, if something's being dropped off or um you know if, if you know i collect their mail so it's it's kind of fun it's it's you know it's cool but it's, it's amazing that's it's become that's what it is right it's it's you're selling these big monster homes or mm-hmm. you know these big homes and you're, you're you're moving into such a small space or quarters and and you just take off and you know, see what the world has to offer. Wow, great lifestyle. Uh, Back to this uh, Ipsos poll for the Ontario Real Estate Association's first annual buyers and sellers research report, which again found that Ontario's millennial first-time buyers want detached semi- and townhomes. It also found that the number one reason for boomers to be selling their properties due to a desire to downsize, 37%, followed by age or health, uh, at 18%. And they're also more likely to buy a low-rise condo than any other generation, with 10% of boomers saying they're hunting for something under five stories versus 6% of buyers province-wide. And that's interesting, too, because they're not looking necessarily for those high-rise kind of GTA-style condos. No. And, and actually, in uh, Burlington, they've got a lot of the three-story uh, condos yeah. where, you know, you can just go up the stairs or I'm not even sure if they have, some of them have elevators, but, uh, but they have balconies. You can walk around. It's, it, it doesn't feel quite like a condo, right. like high rise. Like you're cooped up somewhere, Yeah, right? like it's, it's kind of still got that feel that you're, you know, it, you, it's not just this big square box you're in. So those, those are, are, are even becoming more popular and uh, it's, th- that, and that's what they prefer. Like they don't, they don't want that, you know, box that, you know, it has, 300 units in the building. They want, you know, low rise, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. They can look out there and have a balcony and, yeah. and still walk maybe, around. Maybe 16, yep. 18 units, something yep, like that. Exactly. And, yeah. Uh, power of sale properties must seek full market value. This is an article in uh, the Star. And uh, the question behind it is if I purchase a power of sale property, will I get a deal? Well, in the U.S. in 2009, yes, okay. because they had an over an abundance of it. 
and and the banks were in trouble and they had to unload and uh, get rid of these uh, houses that uh, people couldn't afford anymore. But here in Canada, um, they can't they when they put a house up for sale and there's very there are power sales but not not as many as there was in the U.S. back. But that could change obviously. But what it is is that they have to try to get the most amount of money uh, for that house mm -hmm. because otherwise the the owner can come back and say, hey, you know what? If I sold it, I could have got more money. You just dumped it just uh, because... Uh, just to get it off your just hands. Just to get it off your hands. Right. So they have a, an obligation trying to get the most amount of money. And, uh, and and talk about power sales. So so first things first, we rarely see them in, in terms of our market. I'm not sure like in terms of the rest of the camp, but in terms of mar our, our market, we, we rarely, rarely see them. And if we do, it's, it's often a property that's you know, completely run down, yeah. has major defects to it, mm -hmm. needs a ton of work, has been vacated, has been, you know what I mean? Just, yeah. just, and there's just, just not many of those go. around. Yeah. And so, so what happens is, and, and we've done a couple of them. Uh, we haven't done any recently, but we've done a couple of them. And, and what we find is, you know, you, you, the bank asks you what you think. So you, you, you develop a, you know, almost like a proposal as to how you're going to market it, how you're going to price it, and how you're going to, you know, sell the, sell mm -hmm. the, the existing house. Now, what happens is, the bank also does their own, right? They do their own market research. They do their own, you know, market intelligence of the area and how much that house would be worth. They get appraisals so, done too. Yeah, so they'll come back to you and say, hey, thank you for yours, but here's ours and here's how much we, we, we want for and here's how much we think it's worth. And then we're also going to hold off, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll explain to you if you want to hold offers. So basically, you know, you're, you're, you're selling the house at their instructions, Right, right, and so the bank trumps your. A lot of times, your... they, yeah, the a, bank a lot trumps of times you. they'll list it at a higher price to show that they did try to get that higher price, and then they'll do a price reduction. Really, yeah, uh, yeah. So because they can, otherwise, the homeowner that you know that had the house taken away from him from the bank could go, "You guys undersold it. I could have got more money." Now they show a paper trail saying, "Well, we had it at this price. Right. Nobody yeah. was interested." And oftentimes, the they'll they'll have it on the market for a certain amount of time. Right, like, like the way we traditionally sell homes, it's it's just a little bit different. Where they'll say the bank will come out and say this has to be on the open market for ten days before it can be sold. Right, and it's not necessarily a situation where they're holding offers. It's a situation where they want everybody to be able to see the the property right. and, and and have it offered to the market. It's just yeah. it's just a different a different dynamic of, of selling. And and like you said, it's it's the bank trumps the realtor. We're 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 selling their house or, or sorry that the, the the subject property at their instructions mm -hmm. and that's and that's how it goes you don't necessarily get a deal when you it's, buy it's a power a, sale it's it, it's tough it's and tough. For, really? for real estate agents it's a ton of work it is a ton of it, it's it's like it's like a four to f three to four week period where you're constantly going back and forth wow. um and 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 you know finding information and and, and that sort of thing and, and then oftentimes we had we had one where we had every single realtor and every single client sign a waiver before entering the property, just because it was, you it was know, in bad shape. Down. It was, it was in, in bad, bad shape. shape. Wow. It's, you know, the the railing off the back deck was so completely gone. Concerns, yeah, and it, yeah, and it's and 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 when you go and a lot of these properties have situations like that. So when you're in that type of bind, it's it's you know that's yeah, what you you're dealing with. Yourself. Yeah, enter exactly. at your own risk. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So would you get 
more often than not fair market value for that house. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, absolutely. For sure. It'll yeah. be it'll be sold fair market value every yeah. single time. So the people out there that are, you know, that think that, oh, I bought a power. And you get sale, it for fifty grand, yeah, right? It's, it's not, not gonna yeah, happen. Those it, deals don't happen. It's it's no. it's on the it's on the open market. It's not like people are you know, the banks are selling them out of the back door and, <laughs> yeah, and, and, no, and bringing them to, to investors to to you know what I mean? It, yeah. it just doesn't happen that way. That did happen in the US last time because they were they were in big they trouble. Had so they many had to get they rid had of. to unload as many as they could. Wow. Uh, when we come back we'll talk about a unique home in Aurora that uh, these home buyers bought and uh, they weren't exactly thrilled with it at first glance until they saw the basement. We'll tell you what was in that basement when we come back here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax's Cartman Realty, the Golfie team. Find them online at robgolfie.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Don't forget, Golfie gets it sold. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Like the Rob Golfie Facebook page. And if you haven't done so already, get the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on your device. You can download it wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Past episodes on robgolfie.com and 900chml.com. If you have a topic idea that you would like us to discuss in a future program or a question about real estate, send us an email, questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com. This is a really interesting story. So this is a couple in Aurora that were uh, looking for a home and uh, they had checked out 20 to 25 different houses, but just kept coming back to this 19th century Victoria farmhouse in uh, the center of the town that was listed for just under $1.6 million. So why did they like this property so much? Well, in the basement of the home, there is a bunker. And apparently this bunker back in the 60s was used for uh, politicians in the Toronto area. So if there was a nuclear disaster, some kind of uh, you know, World War Three brewing, they would huddle in this bunker. So once the homeowner saw this element of the house, they were sold. They yes. were hooked. They actually had a tunnel to a shed in the backyard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. incredible. Like, it was, like it, it'd be pretty neat, but the, but but the house did need a lot of work, it, though. Right? And it still does. Yeah, yeah. they're still renovating. They're, yeah. they're, they've put a 10 kind of year time frame. Yeah. They think they're going to sink a million dollars into this. Yeah. Uh, they've had, there's, I think it's in Hamilton too, Open Doors Hamilton, Open Doors Burlington, I think right. that's the same That's thing, right. Where you can visit houses in the area. Yeah. And they did this last year. They opened it up to the public. Yeah. People came in, checked out the basement. And Yeah, no, no kidding. And they still have stuff there. From, from the sixties, sixties, like they and they and they said there's a vault in there that has uh, paperwork 
that uh, and they want to be able to open it. They can't yeah. like it's locked, so they want. I think they wanted to get a permit or something like that, so they can open it and access it because yeah. they own the property. It's insane. So yeah, like they've. Uh, They've 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 found themselves like that, but well, you never know when you need a bunker, right? So, well, that's true too. Yeah, yeah especially now with coronavirus going yeah. all the time, <laughs> they might they, they might utilize that. So yeah, here's exactly. one of the one of the comments from uh, the homeowner. I think this is the wife who says, "At first, I didn't even want to see the house, uh, which is on uh, 1.13 acres. But as soon as she walked in, she was taken by the home built in 1875. After we looked at this house, uh, we must have looked at 20 to 25 other houses. We just kept on coming back. While it was the beauty of the property that." drew them in it was the history and what was left behind that had them hooked they had fallen for the property known as aurora's defen bunker uh really crazy stuff yeah yeah oh, this i is, know the pictures it, are incredible yeah it, like it's like very eerie yeah like i mean it's got, like it's something it's like something you, you it know, screams of the cuban missile yeah, crisis yeah right? exactly there there are there are tanks for the water under uh, like there everything like so I mean, they're they're protected if anything happens. I bet you the whole neighborhood is going to go to their house. Now. That's where, yeah, that's the place to be. Yeah. So the city built a bunker below ground, which obviously still remains, to serve as a control center uh, to house Toronto politicians and emergency personnel in the event of a nuclear attack during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And uh, for the homeowners, it was you know a, a home tour like no other. Can you imagine seeing this house? Oh. Going in as a realtor and saying, "Wow, what the heck is this?" I'm curious to find out if this is below the base, like below the basement, like like when they make bunkers. Like below, they, below. Well, when they make bunkers, Rick, bunkers are usually deep underground. Yeah, underground. So, like, I wonder how deep underground this bunker is in uh, in uh, Toronto. But, Interesting. Uh, so it says in the basement, a large concrete reinforced room is still set up as an operations room, flanked by a large hand drawn maps and status boards depicting the Toronto area and York region that were drawn by military cartographers. And one board includes space to document both casualties, dead, rescuable, and wounded, as well as radiation data, including the dose rates and exposures. Wow, this is like a different, obviously it's a different time. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, They've also applied for a heritage designation, so should one day they move out of this house, this would still be protected. It'll be protected forever if they get the designation for that. Yeah. Uh, All right, we got to go. When we come back, we'll talk about some unique, weird, funny stories out of the U.S., including a demolition company in Texas that destroyed the wrong house. That's coming up next here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. One more go-round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call them at 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Remember, Golfie gets it sold. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram and like them on Facebook as well. And download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. So this is a, this is a crazy funny story. <laughs> oh, I know. There's a company in Texas that was ordered to bring down a house in yeah. this community because there was a bunch of houses on this street that are just dilapidated and, you know, it's got to be uh, demolished. The problem is they took down the wrong house. Yeah, that, can you imagine? Wow. You come home and your house is torn down. 
So that is insane. There has to be more to this. There is. There like, is. There well, has to be. There like, is a lot more to it. That the, the entire neighborhood had to have been vacated. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? How often do you have a? You know, you hear the truck. Like, obviously, there's nobody living in the house at the time. Correct. Right. Is what I want to get wow. to. Obviously, the that the house had been vacated. I'm assuming it is. It, it was the plan was to renovate it. Right. Okay. But so, no one was actually living. So perfect. In it. So. Now these people get their house demolished. Amazing. They don't have to pay for that. Number two, <laughs> I guess they don't they have to a, pay. They, they get a brand company. new house. Yeah. They're going to get a They're brand, gonna new, get house a brand new house. Yeah. It's like it's like the perfect situation. They probably saw these guys demolishing it and it didn't even tell them to stop. Well, I don't know. Well, the, I don't think so. The 97-year-old homeowner <laughs> of the pink house is what it's called. Uh, as the property was known by neighbors, was given to a uh, Los Angeles resident by the name of Jeremy Wenninger by a close friend, uh, and they had infused the home with her own personality. So apparently they were already in the midst of renovating right. it or doing yeah. stuff to yeah. it. Um, but I love the comment from the owner of the demolition company, JR's Demo Company. We made a mistake and thought we had the right property. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else can you say? Yeah. I, I mean, you, you, you did it. You, you, you it, destroyed someone's you home. You can't put it back. Yeah. Wow. It's uh it's a good it's a good trait to you know acknowledge and accept when you've made yeah. a mistake. And well, what admit. else can you say? And yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I I think the evidence is right there. Yeah. So there's no there's no you know what else is he going to say? Just yeah. Sorry. To to their defense, and there's not much defense, <laughs> but because uh, the property had no apparent address on it, uh, and its appearance it had no plumbing, no concrete foundation. Yeah. No gas meter. It made it appear that this house was, you know, ready to be taken down. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, just unbelievable. So he drove by. Kudos, hey, kudos to the homeowner. Like, yeah, you he's know, actually going to benefit yeah. from it. Yeah, I, I think so. I bet, like, in terms of his stat, there's probably 70, 65 to seventy percent of people that would say, you know, if you, I, I wish this would happen to me and get a brand new house. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know maybe. what I mean? Like, in terms yeah, of oh, people, sure. in terms of people living in their house right now, like, sure, yeah, like you know. How Bring many people would take a, take a new house on their existing lot? There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of hassle that goes with that. But oh, I know for sure. Saying. But I'm yeah. saying free? Yeah. For free? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they yeah. get a brand new house. Brand, a brand new, new house. Yeah. You go yeah, around and, and take a survey. How many people would take a brand new house? It would be way over 90%. You think gotta over 90 Got to be. Yeah. Demolition you, you move out for what? Six to eight months? Yeah. And, you, and you come back and you get a... Yeah, probably, for sure. Probably 90%. And, pr- and probably the homeowner didn't even have insurance. So now, now <laughs> oh, yeah. he'll, the insurance company of the now, demolition company wants to pay for that. There's yeah. This has happened in the health science field where people have amputated the wrong oh, limb. Oh, yes, yeah. And yeah. This is, this or is, left things in yeah, people's bodies. Or, yeah, 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 and it's, it's <laughs> you know, it's unfortunate, but it's... It's we took now the wrong, wrong yeah, leg. It's, it's off. like you, yeah, <laughs> it's happened. There's, yeah. there's a, there's a really famous yeah. article out there yeah. that, yeah. that you know, the doctor amputated the wrong leg. He yeah. went so right instead people, of left or whatever. So so say, this is the right leg. Yeah, <laughs> wrong leg. We got a couple more. We might just get to one of them. Sure. And I, I thought we'd go with the seeping blood story in yeah. Winnipeg. Yeah. So oh, there was a, a guy in an apartment in Winnipeg who noticed blood coming into his apartment. And so he calls the landlord and said, hey, there's blood going on. Uh, and apparently police were called in and they found a dead body in the apartment adjacent to this individual or, or above it. Wow. Uh, died of natural causes, so it wasn't anything violent or a murder or anything. So he, uh, the the tenant of the building or the uh, unit that was affected contacts the landlord to say, hey, you know, my, my walls are blood spattered. There's blood all over the place. Can you clean it? Landlord says, no, you have to get your own cleaners. You know, wow. imagine the shock of that. So this individual goes on social media. 
posts a bunch of pictures and it just goes viral. At the end of the day, the landlord, the tenant claims uh, the building laughed off his gripe and told him to contact the insurance company. Uh, at the end of the day, the uh, company comes back, the landlord company comes back and says, no, we'll clean it for you, which is the right thing to do. Yes. But wow. There's companies that do that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Clean like, up murder scenes or whatever yeah, the case yeah, is. Yeah, they, they, cl- they clean up. I don't know who they are, but... Uh, I could not do that I, job. I'm, I'm sure you just Google it and you'll find them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but, uh, but I heard there are companies, that specialty companies that take care yeah. of things like that. Because wow. a lot of people pass away and, and they are, they're left in their houses for a long time and nobody, you know... See, you know, here's or here's from them, and all of a sudden they're deteriorating in the yeah. house, so they have to do something and they gotta, about they it. They got to clean yeah. it up. Might it be an addition to the golfie team in the not too distant future to hire a cleaning company, quote unquote? Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> not for not for uh, uh, people that have passed away. There's a cleaning company in Hamilton. It's it's for cleaning up bodily fluids, and they're about three hundred and fifty bucks That's an right. hour. Wow. Yeah, that, yeah. That, you were telling who? Where'd yeah. you hear that? Where did I hear and, that? And uh, and and. Unfortunately, but we've been in situations where you know we've had to use them yeah, and, yeah. or or refer you know their names to them and wow. yeah, it's a pretty. Maybe we'll pick up this topic in another yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, guys, thanks for yeah. coming in. Yeah, uh, enjoy the rest of your Saturday and the rest of your, of your weekend. We are back next Saturday at nine on nine hundred CHML. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.